Welcome to this very first episode of Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's children. Each month, Speaking for Kids will bring you a variety of conversations with people that make public policy and the voices of people that are impacted by that public policy and by those decisions in Michigan. Our goal will be to help you strengthen your voice to speak up for the changes that we need to make to improve the lives of Michigan's kids and families. In this and future podcasts, we'll explore encouraging champions like you to get involved in the issues we're fighting for, including child care, early childhood education. And development, the child welfare and foster care systems, family supports, kinship care, the needs of adult learners and family literacy, youth involved in the juvenile justice system, and many more issues that are important to kids and families throughout Michigan. Look for these and other policy priorities in Michigan's Children's Playbook found at our website at michiganschildren.org. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. I'm Matt Gillard, the President and CEO of Michigan's Children, and your host for today's conversation with a couple of Michigan freshman lawmakers, Democrat Abraham Ayash and Republican John Roth. They're just two of the 28 new members among the 110 body of the State House this year. First, I want to welcome uh, our two guests for today, Representative Abraham Ayash and Representative John Roth. Representative Ayash comes to us from the 4th District in the Michigan House. He's a Democrat from Hantramck. He serves in the legislature. He currently serves on the Families, Children and Seniors Committee, the House Committee on Communications and Technology, and the Natural Resources and Outdoor Recreation Committee. Before being elected, he was a staffer for former Representative Rosemary Robinson, and he founded the Halamop Project that pairs up immigrant children with college mentors and served on the Hamtramck Recycling Commission. Representative Roth represents the Michigan's 104th district, which is uh, the Traverse City area, Grand Traverse County area. He's a Republican from Traverse City. His legislative committee assignments include the Health Policy Committee, the Energy Committee, the Transportation Committee, and the Commerce and Tourism Committee. And he was also appointed by the governor to serve within the COVID Vaccine Promotion Commission. Before being elected to the legislature, he was involved in GOP politics in, in Grand Traverse County and served for six years in the county's Parks and Recreation Commission, as well as managing a marina in the area as well. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Absolutely. We're glad you're here. We've invited the two of you today to talk to us a little bit about what it feels like to be a a newcomer on the floor of the House and a new member of the state legislature, and, and particularly in these hypercharged partisan times. Um, I did warn the, the, the guests that I do uh, in full disclosure. I, I did serve in the legislature myself way back uh, from 2002 to 2008. So I have a bit of perspective maybe on, on what they're dealing with. And uh, we're hoping to have an interesting and informative conversation uh, about some of this stuff today. So really what we're hoping to learn is, you know, what you're learning about what's possible to achieve in this session and maybe how your constituents can, can work best uh, to make their voices heard and be effective uh, in advocating for what they want to see happen uh, within our state government. So first question, we'll start with you, Representative Ayash. Um, as a political newcomer, as a newcomer to the state legislature, what have you learned since uh, taking office in January about how things get done in the state legislature? And what can an individual lawmaker like yourself, particularly maybe someone who's in the minority in the House uh, as you are, uh, what, what can you do to make the system work better? Yeah, well, you know, I, I got a free trial coming in for a partial term uh, back in November, December. So I was, I was fortunate enough to sort of get that exposure uh, ahead of my other freshman colleagues. So 
uh, consider me dean of the freshman class. But <laughs> one of the things that I uh, quickly discovered is, you know, you, you, you come into Lansing with a sense of urgency and you want to get stuff done because of term limits. And you recognize that stakeholders and the institution does not move as fast as your constituents would like it to move. So you, you have to learn to, you know, appreciate for better or for worse that things can be very methodical, things can be very slow. And one of the things, you know, having been in minority, I'm not one who believes that, you know, it's the end of the world if we don't have the good, the, the gavel. Uh, obviously, there are some issues that I, I would love to see pushed forward that I just don't think would be uh, when we are in the minority. But I recognize the value of building relationships. So really being intentional about spending time with colleagues on the other side of the aisle. You know, my, my, my colleagues sort of make fun of me all the time. They say, Abe, you're never at your seat. You're always on the Republican side. You're always moving around. And, uh, and I think that's incredibly important because when you begin to understand what makes people tick, uh, you can then effectively move uh, some policies forward. And then the other part of it is co-governing is so important. And what I mean by that is it's not enough just to talk to people and try to get them at, at the table, but really have the people most impacted by issues, you know, in the policy making discussion, in the ideas making discussion. And that is where the magic happens, right? When you have someone who been, who's been through the foster care system comes up and talks about foster care legislation, right? That is where the power is because that's someone who's not only read about it and did research on it, but who's lived on, lived through it. Um, and, and that's where I think you find the most moving testimony just where I think you can move the actual policy forward, regardless of which side of the aisle is pushing it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's a big part of what we do at Michigan's Children is, is really try to bring that authentic voice, especially youth voice uh, to these issues with uh, young people that have experienced um, these systems or these issues. Uh, how about you, Representative Roth? What have you learned since, uh, since January about kind of how things get done in the legislature and what you can do to, to try to make the system work a little better? Absolutely. And I, I appreciate my colleagues' uh, comments and I echo them in a great way. Um, you think you come in with a couple ideas that you're going to just ram through and get it done and that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen the way you want it to. Now, as my uh, esteemed colleague has said, <laughs> um, making and meeting other legislators on both sides of the aisle may help you get some of that legislation through. Um, I think, though, for me, uh, the first uh, really few months is listening, understanding, knowing how everything works, making sure I'm doing the right things and not wasting energy doing things that aren't appropriate are very important, too. But we are, I, I, I disagree that we're in a majority or minority right now because we have divided government. So, yes, we're in the majority in the House and Senate, but our governor is, is in the other uh, party. And in order to make legislation go through, we can, we can throw the most partisan legislation we want out there. Uh, the governor's not going to sign it. Um, and and, we, and I, why would we expect her to do that? Um, so policy has to be done extremely well. And it's working with both sides. Uh, you, if you don't have a co-signer, co uh, if I try and push something through without legisla uh, legislation, without a co-signer, co-signer from the other side of the aisle, it's not going anywhere. 
and and we know that. Um, so you do have to build relationships with your your colleagues on the other side of the aisle, and and I have, and and I have, and not everybody. I just have to admit that uh, Sarah Anthony from the other side of the aisle. I just met her for the first time last week, and we've been there three months. So it's it's hard to get to know everybody right away, but uh, but it's a good idea to try and and really um, do that, make that effort. And you and Abraham's exactly right. Uh, you find some colleague that's gone through what you're trying to do, and it helps a great deal. Um, if, if you find somebody that's been in the foster care system, like you said, or, or has had foster children, uh, you're going to understand the issue much better. I don't go in thinking I'm uh, the most expert on every issue out there, because you can't be. There's too many things that I've never even thought of that have already came across my desk and that I'm learning about that are so very vital and important. And uh, it's finding those people that know the answers and working with whoever it is. It doesn't matter if you got an IRD by your name, it matters of experience. So um, it, it is a learning experience. I, I can't tell you how much I've learned in my first three months. It's it's amazing. I, I gotta tell you, John's an expert at anything ski related. So if you wanna know any slope legislation, uh, how to fix that, he's, he's definitely your guy. That's, that's it's funny he says that because it's really true. Um, when some of the sports issues were coming through the high schools, they said, hey, you're the sports guy. Find me some people to testify. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's great to hear you say that, Representative Roth, especially because that's, I mean, that's a lot of what we preach uh, when we, you know, try to train people or help people become more effective advocates uh, is that to realize that, you know, legislators can't be expected to be experts on all of these issues. I mean, on any given day, you're, you're, forced to vote on or to to make decisions on a huge variety of issues and so what i always say is as a former legislator what you learn to do to be effective is to learn to to identify people in your community i hopefully your constituents of yours that are experts or do have expertise in those areas and then rely up, upon them um you know for advice when those issues come before you and so a lot of the folks we work with are experts on child related issues or family related issues uh, whether they be service providers or others within your communities. And so we encourage them to try to build that relationship with their local legislators to be that voice that they can, you know, their local legislators can depend on for information about issues that they're not going to be experts on. And so uh, it's, it's great to hear you say that, that I think validates a lot of what we try to get people to understand and uh, how we get them to focus for sure. Um, Great. All right. So let's move on. Representative Roth, we'll start with here, you here now with this next question. So so um, what have you learned specifically from meeting with constituents? I know it's been challenging, obviously, with COVID, but through virtual town halls or, or other interactions or outreach from constituents or others in your community about some of the bigger issues impacting kids and families or facing kids and families um, in the 104th District. Uh, we have, you would think of our area as a, as a fairly wealthy area. Uh, we have a real diverse uh, economic situation here. We have some very high income, there's no doubt about it, but we have many rural areas in our community too. Um, people don't always associate, you know, Traverse City, Grand Traverse County that way, but there's a lot of issues when it comes to um, making sure kids are properly fed, um, making sure the education is available that uh, they are going to school are they 
are they being uh, treated or counseled and going in the right way? Um, um, we have had many children, unfortunately, uh, abused in um, either by sexually or physically abused in our area. And uh, our Child Advocacy Center in, in Traverse City, uh, I've been lucky enough to go to a couple events with them and learn more. And um, it, we're no different than most communities, unfortunately. We always get highlighted as the very high-end tourist area and how great it is. Well, we still have issues that any community does. So um, understanding those and making sure uh, we don't um, bypass them because we have, you know, all this great reputation. Still understand that we have those issues in our community. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there's a, I, I, I hope that we're breaking through it, but I think there's kind of this long head notion, long held notion in the more populated areas of the state that, you know, poverty, child poverty, especially is primarily an urban issue. Um, and that's just not the case in Michigan. We, you know, our rural poverty challenges um, are as significant as our urban poverty challenges uh, from a kid's perspective, especially. Yeah. Representative Ayash, how about you? Uh, what have you learned um, about what the big issues facing uh, kids and families are, especially in, uh, in and around the fourth district? Yeah, so just, just to give a little context, um, my, my district includes all of Hamtramck, which is a densely populated city, two square miles, about 25,000 people. And then you have the North End and Boston Edison, which is uh, the place that suffered from the 1967 riots in Detroit. And then you have Midtown and New Center, areas that have been uh, redeveloped and have a lot of uh, you know new investment. Then you have parts of, of the East Side that um, suffer from blight and poverty uh, like none other. And to to John's point, you know, I, I think there's there's a real acknowledgement that uh, poverty and does not discriminate in terms of uh, if someone is poor in a rural community and someone is poor in an urban community, it's all the same. Hunger, same same issue, and and abuse, whether it's mental, physical, or sexual, you know, all those things, particularly with children, does not dis discriminate. But policy can, right? And, and one of the things that I, this pandemic exposed is a lot of the issues that were impacting our communities absolutely uh, were exasperated during this pandemic. And what I mean is a, a couple of points, right? You look at some of these low-income impoverished com communities, uh, the lack of resources they had to deal with with the pandemic uh, really took a toll. Things like social distancing and the ability for folks just to be safe and still get access to the resources that they need was a huge problem. Uh, here in Detroit, you know, there's still a problem of, of food deserts. Folks have difficulty finding uh, fresh produce and things of that sort uh, because it's not close because there's a lack of public transportation. And all of these systems, uh, particularly around child welfare, um, when the pandemic hit, uh, the, the, the systems were ill-equipped to actually address some of the issues. So when knocking doors uh, during during the campaign and talking to people now, it's the same issues that we've heard for many many years. You know, uh, we have trouble to get access to reliable internet. You know, that's a, a huge issue, particularly as folks are staying at home, working from home, going to school from home, and even doing some of their telemedicine at home. That's number one. Second issues, uh, getting access to food. So many people are going hungry, and if it had not been for a lot of these food distributions. Uh, folks would be in a lot more trouble than we initially thought. 
And then uh, access to healthcare. Uh, folks still have difficulty understanding where the issues are. Uh, if they want to get basic treatment, uh, they're always afraid of, of the bill that, that will come with it. Um, they're always afraid of, you know, can I trust the doctor to tell me what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing? And then the final thing I would say is uh, the financial literacy aspect um, has been something that is grossly on, uh, not, 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 there's not as much investment as we need. And I think when you think about kids growing up in poverty, how you break some of those cycles, a lot of these financial structures, even someone like me, uh, I had difficulty understanding them, right? Uh, growing up, you know, it's not something, I grew up in a, in a working class family and it was difficult to understand some of these big things like 401k and Roths and IRAs and things of that sort. And I think as people grow up, it's important that they're getting that education so that uh, we are being a little bit more strategic with how we spend our money and a little bit more fiscally responsible in that regard. Uh, and education plays a big role in that. Yeah, that's great. Well, there's a lot of, lot of issues there uh, from both of you that you have identified uh, you know, from your constituents as impacting kids and families. What we've seen, and I don't think this is unique to Michigan, but we've seen uh, in the last several years here uh, with our state government is when we've had success around issues, it's really a big part of it has been that there's been a few legislators that have really championed it, right? Or, or we call legislative champions, ideally and really to be successful from both sides of the aisle as Representative Roth indicated earlier. Um, but we, you know, when we've seen big changes or big improvements uh, policy or, or investment wise for kids and families, it's because of we've had a few dedicated legislators. We know it takes 56 votes in the house and 20 in the Senate to pass anything. But what we've seen is when we get a few legislators committed and really uh, willing to champion an issue, uh, we've been able to have some success in recent years. In that vein, what one or two issues, um, maybe that you've already mentioned before, do you think you could see yourself as a champion on and really carry the banner for, um, whether it be this term or in subsequent terms in your relative short term here, short time here in the House? Uh, Representative Ayash, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two, I think, there's two issues that I think I'd, I'd love to work on. One of them is, I think, an opportunity, and the other is fixing a, a issue. So my district, uh, we got a lot of families that are sort of non-traditional, meaning that an aunt or grandparent actually takes care of a, a child for whatever circumstance. So being able to make sure that these people have the adequate support that they need is so important, because... Unfortunately, the way some of the structures are set up as far as kinship is you have problems where the grandparent might not be able to get all of the resources that they need to help care for the child because of uh, how they're classified and, and what type of rights they have over that child. So really reforming that system would change so many people. I got to tell you, one of the women I talked to and I still in, in, in communication with, you know, she takes care of her, her grandson because uh, there was a, her, his mother passed away and um, his, his father is un unfortunately in, in incarcerated. And that problem, right, she wants so much to give as much care and support for that child, but there are so many obstacles in the way to uh, provide uh, the full support. So that, that, that's the first thing. That's a problem that I think we can address. And then the other issue is the caring economy, right? 
there is so much opportunity in Michigan to lead the nation. And we know that this is a conversation happening federally. It was a commitment that President Biden made when he was campaigning to invest deeply in long-term care, child care, and the caring economy, making sure that we're uh, paying our workers who are providing these services what, what, they're, what they're deserved and outfitting and training people to come into this economy. There's so much opportunity here because everybody has children and everybody gets old, right? And those two things are critical because they need the support. Now, there's legislators right now who say, I have to pay for childcare and it's very, very expensive. This is an issue that needs to be solved. So figuring out, can we make childcare more affordable? Can we provide subsidies for families that are caring for their children? Um, making sure that we have expanded paid sick leave so that uh, if someone is sick or someone's child is sick, they can take the time and take care of them. And then obviously, uh, which is long overdue, is really investing in seriously uh, making universal pre-K a reality. And those are the issues that I'm hoping that uplifting some of that caring economy work and again, some of that kinship care reform as well. That's great to hear. And those issues are uh, top of the page for Michigan's children as well. Um, so it's great to hear you say that. Yeah, the child care side, you know, the feds are stepping up and we're seeing a lot of increased federal support. Now it's going to be, uh, yeah. you know, incumbent on the state to, to, to use that money wisely, but then also to uh, enhance it uh, where they can. And the kinship care side is really, uh, you know, from an advocacy perspective, it's, uh, it's a, a growing concern. Absolutely. And we're doing a lot of work right now with organizing a lot of the different kinship groups that have emerged because of the situations like you've talked about in, in getting their voices heard. And so that's great to hear. And I, I'm, uh, I'm sure you could, should expect to hear from some of our, our folks who, see, who hear this soon. To hear, they'll be excited to hear you talking about those issues. Um, all right, Representative Roth, same question for you. What are one or two issues that uh, you can see yourself uh, as a champion for or becoming a champion for in your time in the legislature? Uh, uh, Abraham took most of my thunder, but uh, I'm going to do a couple. Uh, and just a quick note, uh, Matt, before that, you know, there's so many issues that Abraham talked about, I talked about, that we can work together on to start with. There Maybe there are a couple issues that we won't agree on, but there's so many in there that we can both agree on. Uh, financial literacy for our kids, maybe not young kids, but certainly in our junior high, high school kids to learn how systems work. That's bipartisan as far as I'm concerned. I haven't heard any negative comment to that. So anyway, I won't divide too much on that, but... Um, I think education and child care are the two biggest ones in my area. Child care is important. Uh, too many of our neighborhoods seem to um, look or frown on child care developments, that they don't want it in their neighborhood. And we need to message that better, that these are important pieces of our community. If we want to have young people live in Grand Traverse County, we need child care and its availability. Uh, we've been seeing it disappearing in Grand Traverse County a lot. Um, that's why we see our community aging and we have a real need for younger families to be in our area. And we're actively looking at the, how to make that happen. It's very important and, we, and we're losing those people to other areas because of that. Uh, education with financial liter literacy as Abraham talked about, very important. Uh, Getting started early on kids on skilled jobs, skilled labor, um, that's huge in our area. Uh, we've 
over the years put a, a shame on kids if they don't go to four-year college to become a PhD. Uh, there are great paying jobs all over the state. It's not just Grand Traverse County that needs skilled labor. It's all over the state of Michigan. If we can start working with kids younger ages, telling them it's perfectly all right to be a welder, be a, uh, a plumber, carpenter, electrician, HVAC, things that our growing community need big time in Grand Traverse County, uh, doing that part of it, I think is really important. And I think the messaging has been very bad on those over the last uh, couple decades. And and we're seeing it now. And uh, I, I really hope that we can do a lot of with the education. Foster care is another area in our in, in Grand Traverse County. A lot of families with foster care that would like to do more and aren't allowed to do so um, is another area that I'm certainly willing to champion and look at also. Yeah, that, no, that's great. Those are all issues as well that are that are right on the radar and on the, the focus of Michigan's children and the efforts that we do. You both mentioned childcare and, and, and Representative Roth, we're working, you know, was really, really in the last couple of years gotten engaged on the childcare issue big time is the business community. And we're working yep. closely with Christy Seeloff and the Northern Michigan Chamber and, and the Grand Rapids Chamber, a lot of other chamber groups on this issue. And it's really made a difference. Uh, you know, from an advocacy standpoint, and it's great to have the business community engaged and involved and, and working closely with the advocates and others. And I think we have uh, some real opportunities to really create a much, a much better childcare system for everyone in the state um, coming out of this. And, and on the school issues, you're absolutely right. I, it, once again, in disclosure, my final term in the house, I chaired the school aid budget. Um, and that was a big representing Northern Michigan districts and communities. We talked a lot about um, the issues that you just raised in, in education. And I, unfortunately, I think we've gotten away from that uh, to some degree. And, and it's good to hear um, legislators wanting to focus on that and getting us back to that. And that really leads us into really the next, well, I guess before, before we get into the equity question, we'll go into um, what advice do you have for constituents? So we've talked a lot about how, you know, and, and a big part of what we do at Michigan's Children is trying to get people to be comfortable in advocating for the issues that they care about and comfortable in talking to elected officials like yourselves um, about these issues and really presenting themselves as the experts that a lot of cases they are on these issues. What advice would you give to your constituents who may care particularly about um, one of these issues that you talked about or care about any kids or families issues um, in, in reaching out to you um, and making sure that, that their voice and their time is used most effectively if they want to advocate with with any decision makers on these issues. Uh, Representative Roth, we'll start with you on here. Absolutely, and I'm 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 glad to hear from my constituents in the office at all times. And believe me, I I do. <laughs> the healthcare <laughs> package we just voted on last week had some fairly controversial issues, uh, a couple anyway, and we certainly heard from groups. So. Um, I would say continue to reach out to your legislator um, in a proper way. You know, if it's done in a very uh, civil manner, I think all of us listen. Um, we're happy to listen, but also hitting everybody in the committee too. Don't just go after your own legislator. Make sure you reach out to the committee chair and the committee members so that they know what the issue is too. Uh, don't assume that just because it's in healthcare or in child services, that the chair is gonna pass it on to everybody. The chair is very interested in getting things through, but they don't always 
look past all the issues too. Sometimes they're focused on a handful and they don't get all of them. So it's reaching out to full committees, making sure that all of them know the, the um, interest that you're asking for. And uh, don't ever hesitate to reach out though. And believe me, uh, maybe we can't get back to everyone that calls our office. I wish I could make 500 calls in a week. Um, can't do it, uh, but we hear you. Uh, and we do take note, my staff in particular, come back and say, Rep, uh, you got 500 calls on sports today or, <laughs> or nursing or whatever the case is, just letting you know what's going on. And we do hear that. So they should not ever hesitate or think that they're not uh, getting through because they are. Uh, we do hear them. Great. Representative Ayash, how about you? What advice do you have to, uh, to your constituents or to, to anybody who may be listening to this about contacting their elected officials about uh, issues that matter to kids and families? Yeah, so we're not experts on all the issues, right? Uh, I want to emphasize that over and over and over again. People think because we're legislators, we somehow know all the things all the time. I'm here to say that's absolutely not the case and that uh, you guys, particularly the people who are interested in issues around families and children, absolutely recognize that um, you guys are going to be the ones that best inform us on the issues with your lived experience, with your knowledge, with, with your expertise. So that's, that's the first point. Um, second to, to John's point is call, call us, right? We are accessible. You know, you can reach out to me, uh, via Instagram, DM, Twitter, uh, Facebook, everything. My, my, my handles for all the social medias are at Abraham Ayash. Uh, we have a biweekly Abe's honest hour. And those, uh, conversations are, uh, driven by the conversations people bring forward. Um, if someone wants to join us as a special guest and discuss a particular issue, please feel free. If there's a particular piece of legislation or idea that you have, we can work with you to make it into a law. I, I'll tell you an example. You know, I had a constituent call me and say, you know, one of the big issues that people overlooked during the pandemic were folks who had things in storage units for because they were moving or for whatever reason, they're now getting all their stuff thrown out because they can't afford to pay for the storage unit, right? So can we find a way to provide relief for people who have their uh, goods and, and, and supplies stored in some of these units? That was an idea that came out and developed from a conversation we had with a constituent. So, and then finally, uh, we are proud to be, uh, we are proud to have several community roundtables in which we have conversations around each particular issue. Um, and they're actually formed by the interest and in the response of our community. Uh, and finally, I, I will say I serve on the families, the Committee on Families, Children, and Seniors, and we deal with a lot of issues pertaining to um, the work that Michigan's children have and the folks who follow Michigan's children. So always feel free to reach out to our office. Uh, we're happy to schedule Zoom meetings. I say one of the blessings is we can meet with so many different people across uh, different days of the week. But it's also a curse because you're meeting with so many different people all the time. You kind of get Zoom, Zoom fatigue. So, but, you know, we're, we're, we're here. And um, if there's an idea that John and I can, can work on, particularly around things like financial literacy and making sure that we're protecting our children from uh, sexual abuse, uh, count me in. And if there's anyone out there listening that has an idea on that issue, contact my office and John's office, and we will build a bipartisan package together. So. 
Great. Well, thank you so much. And it's so good to hear both of you talk about the importance of bipartisanship and the ability and the, the interest in working together and the importance of working together. Because so much of what everyone sees right now, especially, is this dynamic of this big fight between the legislature, you know, pr primarily the legislative Republicans and the governor and, and not coming together on any of this stuff. So I think it's important and maybe therapeutic in some ways for, for folks to, uh, who, who engage in this stuff to hear you two talk about this and, and see some uh, opportunity and some hope uh, yeah, and, in and, and a, Matt, a better if, day. If I, can, if I can just add, you know, this week, John, I think we voted on what, 20 bills, maybe? So it was yeah. a, it was a I would say three or four of the 20 bills were mostly along party lines. I know the broadband bill that I was uh, <laughs> spoke out <laughs> against, that was one that was along party lines mostly. And there's another bill on telehealth. And I, I can't even tell you what the other ones were, but the vast majority of the bills that we pass usually go 106 to three, 110 to zero. And the reason why is because, you know, I, I want folks to understand bills don't happen that we just write out a bill and we just throw it out on the table and there you go. It's usually a lot of discussion. It's a lot of back and forth and it's not contentious for the most part, right? There are some issues that we're obviously always going to gonna butt heads on, but the vast majority of these things to improve lives is, is incredible. One quick example, and then I'll pass it back to you, Matt. Just yesterday, we passed legislation that... Um, Again, minor in concept, but big impacts. Uh, military families that are constantly moving from base to base and work to work, unfortunately, you know, their, their lives are very transient in that they're constantly having to go all over the place. And for people who have jobs that require certification, we just pass legislation to uh, forego that certification if they're coming from another state and are already certified there. Because it's already a toll to constantly move to protect and serve our country. Um, why should you have to face the burden of another bureaucracy to get certified to be a plumber and things of that sort? So that was a bill that I think we all passed, I believe, 100. And I think it was it actually was a unanimous bill. Right. Yeah. And it's those types of ideas that really do help people in the long run and are stuff that I'm proud to work with uh, both people. I mean, people on both sides of, of the aisle. Abraham's absolutely right, Matt, if I can just share a little bit with that. Sure. Um, and most of our bills are exactly that way. Abraham's correct. Um, there are very few that are party line. And a couple of them that passed last week were not party line. We couldn't have passed them without Democrats on board. And and it was. And there were a couple of bills that were almost like 50-50 Democrat Republicans. So um, you, you're right. You hear everything from the press. It's the big fight. And and all that other side stuff. But when we get in and actually work, we got to go through committees. And these committees are not one-sided. Uh, they have representation of both sides and everybody gets to put their input in. And these healthcare bills, I think it was almost 50-50 and uh, Democrat sponsored and Republican sponsored. So uh, you hear the bad stuff, but then yeah, we get contentious on a couple issues here and there, but uh, Really, we're trying to do the right thing, and it's more the right thing than the bad thing. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely, no, I agree completely, and and I've been, uh, you know, around this game for quite a while. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the vast majority of, if not all, of the legislators are in there for the right reason. Want to help their constituents. Want to make Michigan a better place. 
Um, and so I think it's important that we give people the opportunity to talk about that. And so that's part of what we're doing. Well, I want to thank you both again for joining us today, Representative Ayash and Representative Roth for being our, our inaugural guests here on the Speaking for Kids podcast. This has been a great conversation and hopefully we can uh, coax both of you back maybe in a year or so to see how things are progressing and where we're at on some of these issues, maybe with some, some updates or positive updates. You've been listening to Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's children about building champions for kids and families and improving the odds for all of Michigan's children, youth, and families. Join us every month as we explore the issues pertaining to Michigan's children, youth, and families that you care about most, with guests including the kids and families most impacted by public policy actions, as well as opinion leaders, policymakers, service providers, advocates, and other partners that work with Michigan's children. Look for us on podcast hosting sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Michigan's Children's YouTube channel. You can learn more about this podcast at michiganschildren.org. Goodbye and see you next time. I'm your host, Matt Gillard.